For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. <laughs> oh, the MAGAs are so mad at us. Find out why. The breakdown starts now. I'm Tara Setmayer, and the Rick Wilson is traveling. But guess what, folks? Nothing will stop Rick Wilson from coming to join all of you with me tonight. He is joining us from the airport, waiting to board his flight back to Florida. So as soon as we get him, we're going to bring him in right away because he wants to say hello. I guess he, I guess because I joined from the Canary Islands, he's going to make sure he's going to join from the airport. So I love it. The more Rick, the better. So stay tuned for him. Um, we also have a very special guest great friend of the show, friend of mine, Michael Cohen. He's going to be joining us in a couple of minutes to give his take and share his insight on all of the crazy that's been going on with Trump and uh, and the election. And, you know, there's, there's never a shortage of things to discuss when, it, when Michael Cohen and I are together. So I uh, look forward to bringing him in too. Um, but I wanted to say that, you know, I was in the rear view. We've got New Hampshire coming up. We're going to talk about that. Trump was in court again this week, acting like an ass as usual, because he can't help himself. Um, we also have some VP talk for Trump already. You'll never guess, or maybe you will, who some of the names on that short list are already. Um, and Trump looks terrible. Like, what's going on with him? He's he's looking a little more um, orange and, and slovenly than usual. So I'm going to ask Michael Cohen what he thinks is going on with that as well. But why are the MAGAs so mad at us? Well, this week has been a pretty big week for the Lincoln Project, and I'm, I'm really excited about our latest ad. It's called God Made a Dictator. Now, some of you may know, uh, you may not, that the Trump campaign has been using this really weird video. It's uh, from, it, it uses Paul Harvey, the, the famous radio voice of, of yesteryear. They use an AI version of Paul Harvey to narrate this really weird, like Christian nationalist, God made Trump. That's the name of it video. And if you haven't seen it, I encourage you guys to go watch that because it's, um, you know, it's really over the top. It's something that just makes you go, what? So of course, Lincoln Project saw that. Rick Wilson and his team said, no, 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 no. We can't let this go unanswered. The blasphemy in this is just too much. So they made a counter to this called God Made a Dictator. And folks, this video already has over 5 million views, maybe more by now. That was a couple hours ago. We only released it 48 hours ago. MAGA World is having a fit. They are very upset about this because we nail them and we nail the hypocrisy and the blasphemy of the evangelicals and the Christians for, uh, for deifying freaking Donald Trump. So it's been all over cable news, stories have been written. And if you haven't seen it yet, I want you guys to take a look 
a God made a dictator. And listen, listen closely. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a man to test the will and goodness of a free people. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who failed in everything but theft and broken promises to live in a golden palace and convince the poor he serves their needs. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a wicked man to lead the common folk with hatred and fear. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a corrupt man who is above the law and immune from justice. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who will use violence to seize power. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man whose followers will call black white, call evil good, and call criminals hostages. So God made a dictator. God said, I need his political party to obey without question, and the press fear his wrath. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a cruel man who uses his power and position to punish and harm his opposition. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who breaks the faith of even his most godly followers and leads them to idolatry, place him above me. So God made a dictator. And then God said, I sent this man to test you, and until you cast him down, you have failed. So God made a dictator. Rick Wilson, where are you? There you are, my friend. I'm in the beautiful. Yeah, I saw you this morning, and now I see you again tonight. I know. A twofer. A twofer. Well, I'm you're in live. I'm Atlanta Airport, everybody. It's always a pleasure and a joy. It's my favorite place in the whole wide world. Oh, and I I'm, hope you can hear no. the sarcasm. Yeah, no <laughs> one says that Atlanta Airport, it, Hartsfield is beautiful, first of all. I hate that airport, but it's a necessary hub. Um, it's a necessary evil, as they it say. Is, it is. Uh, we well, just played, listen, we just played your God Made a Dictator ad. You wrote the script. Your team put, the, put it all together. That, shout out to Joey. This is one of the best top five, I think, all-time Lincoln Project ads. Please explain to the folks, because I said how MAG is so triggered by it, but explain to the sure. folks why you felt it was so important to make that ad now. Well, look, we, we've been hearing over and over again this recurrent theme that he's sent here by God. He's, he's God's personal representative here. Um, he is the one man who, who represents the will of the Lord, all these things. And it's increasingly evident to us that at the center of Trumpism is the, the reconfiguration of American evangelicalism into something that is like the, the church militant of Trump. Yeah. And they, they've stopped, they've, they, they've, they've separated themselves from the, from the, the positive values of, of, of their faith and substituted it for the adulation and worship and, and idolatry of Trump. And so when he started promoting that ad last week, first Ugh. off, that ad was not only crazy, but it was terribly made. It was like yes. amateurs with their first day on Premiere <laughs> trying to make an ad, or they were using Microsoft Clip Champ or something. Right. <laughs> it was terribly done. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we wanted to make sure that we inverted that. As we often do at the Lincoln Project, we invert what they think they're, that they're winning on. When he says he's strong, we show that he's weak. When he says that he's a man of faith, we show that he is the polar opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And so we crafted this spot this week. The, the, the team came together and, and got it out there yesterday and the last couple of days, and it took off. And it's one, of the, it's, it's one of the biggest political ads of anyone's in the last year, including you know, all the, 
all, all the other stuff that's out there from every other group yep. because it really punched through. It spoke to Americans who are right now increasingly fearful of what Trump represents in, in this venge, revenge-driven movement that yes. he is the, he's the head of. And, sorry, I keep spinning around. I'm trying to stay in a relatively That's okay. I, you're, you're making me nauseous. Will you stand in one place, Rick? <laughs> All right, I'm going to stand right here. I'm standing right here. I'm standing in front of Shake Shack. Uh, just so I'm going to keep talking so I don't go to Shake Shack. Yeah. Uh, so, but look, the, the people are afraid of what this this edge case extremism represents. And again, you know, uh, all of them trying to have a hissy fit this week about like, oh, they're, they're attacking your religion. No, no, we're attacking your idolatry. That's we're attacking right. your worship of the golden calf. We're attacking the fact that that you you can't even see the blasphemy as it's slapping you in the face with its with its extraordinary um, you know hypocrisy. Yes, and, and he is a blasphemer. The yes. the the act of worshiping him is an extension of that blasphemy, and and I am I am I am continually shocked, continually shocked by the degree to which. Friends that I knew for a long time uh, who were evangelicals have started to peel off a little bit. It's not a lot of them yet, but it's growing where they're like, wait, this isn't what I signed up for. I yeah. didn't sign up for cruelty and conspiracy theories and insanity and worshiping him because he's not Jesus. He's not God. He's not, he's not blessed in some way. And if he claims to be, those are the words of either, generally speaking, of either crazy people, con men, or right. idolaters who are bearing so, false witness yes yes and look uh, listen I, I make no pretense to being the, the the most godly person on earth but donald trump makes me look like the damn pope <laughs> there's no well, religiosity to this guy there's no faith in this guy right he has faith in, in his con he has faith in his scamming yes um so look i mean i'm really happy that we put this ad out it really is a big opening shot in the campaign uh folks you're going to be seeing this ad um, very soon now, targeted all over uh, New Hampshire. That's that's rolling out quickly. It will, of course, be playing in Mar-a-Lago. Right now. Um, it's it's right, playing in Mar-a-Lago yeah, right now, up, 11 times a day. Yeah, so, since Donald got back from the funeral, which he took very seriously. Yeah. And, and, and so 11 minutes later, you know, he was, he was like channel flipping. Of course. Um, of course. And so he's seen, it, he's seen it a few times, more than a few times today already. Um, and, and if he wasn't so distracted by uh, the rape rape adjudication of the E. Jean Carroll case, he'd probably be hammering us right now on it. But Yeah, well, he's too busy know. hammering her. But I want to bring in Michael Cohen because we're going to yeah, talk I all can, about I that. Got a, I, I, got about, I got about three minutes. I can, that's I'd okay. I know Michael round. wants to say yeah, hi, and so in, yeah. bring him in. Hello, there my he friend. is. Rick, how are you, my brother? How are you, brother? Good to see all you, righty. Man. Tara, good to see you as well. Likewise. I was just on your podcast last week, so you and I get to hang out again this week. I'm thrilled. It's always fun. Um, by the way, let me let me begin by saying I agree with all of those that are right now joining us in the comments. What a fantastic ad. Thank you. you Thank and you. I have said this many times on my Mea Culpa podcast, on Political Beatdown, on television. The Democratic Party should be hiring the Lincoln Project <laughs> to advise them. I'm not joking. Jamie Harrison, if you're listening, who's the head of the DNC, should be hiring the Lincoln Project to be doing its messaging because is they are not, they just don't have the ability or they don't want to do it. I'm sorry. You know, look, as you all know, I'm a Democrat my entire life. Sure. Most people don't know that, but I am. I've been a Democrat my entire life. 
I am so disappointed with the DNC and the way that they are messaging all of the favorable things that the Biden administration has accomplished in its three years. Instead, they're allowing Trump to steal the message. And that message is divisiveness, hate, racism, sexism, misogyny, xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and so on. Yep. We've been saying that. That's why the Lincoln Project exists. We do what they either won't do or aren't capable of doing. So that's that's why we we must carry on the work. Um, Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Michael, that really means a lot to me. And and you know, we're going to play our role as we as we go forward in this process and 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 do what we can do and 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 help the president help the help help overcome this Trumpism movement and. And I just want to say, because again, I've got a board here. Yeah, I just that's okay. We got I know the show, Michael. Michael, I've been watching the Eugene Carroll case. You and I talked about his behavior a long time ago, and I, I, I am glad to see a tiny bit of accountability starting to hit this guy. And maybe yeah. it's a lot of accountability. Maybe it's some real money here, but it's, um, it, it, it's, you know, you can beat this guy, folks. You can beat yeah. him. We beat him before. Eugene Carroll beat him in court. They beat him in court on the Trump University case. This is not a guy who can't be beaten. He's a guy who's eminently beatable if we all rally. So, but you know, Rick, thank you. Yeah, my ahead, pleasure. And I did just want to say before you board, you don't have the ability to just be a part of this movement in order to protect democracy. We don't right. have an option. There is no option right. within which to just be a part of it. We must succeed. It's why I say all the time that the Lincoln Project is so important into the movement by a handful of us um, that continuously bang the drum because democracy is legitimately on the line. It's democracy versus autocracy. And again, your ad brings that right to the forefront. Really super job. Well done. And travel safe, my my friend. friend. Thank you, my friend. See you. Same uh, travels, time, Mr. Wilson. Sarah, thank you, guys. Uh, I love Rick. Yeah, Rick was in D.C. this morning. He had to uh, speak at a at a conference, and um, so we we had coffee and had a chance to catch up in person, which which was always a good time. Um, but Michael, you know, thank you so much for your kind words. Like, you know, when we have weeks like this, when when the guys put out. Uh, content like this it's just really a reminder of how important this fight is and our role in it so it's really reinvigorating for all of us that are in this fight together and so we appreciate that i mean the fact that the magas are so triggered by this i mean the level of hate mail that we've gotten the attacks from uh, all over steve bannon and oan and don jr all of them seb gorka they all attacked us for this do you want to hear something else funny so this guy, Bill Bill Donahue, I think his name is, of the Catholic League, he's a pro-Trump guy. You know, he's, he's part of that pro-Trump evangelical, you know, religious side of things. He sent a letter to MSNBC, to the president of MSNBC, complaining about my segment on MSNBC the other night where they played our ad. And I said, I called it for what it was, that these evangelicals who are into this Christian nationalism and this cult are failing America and that they failed Christianity. Because what they're doing is not, is the polar opposite of what the Gospels of Jesus preach. And he sent a letter complaining that we were attacking Christianity. These people are cuckoo. Not Trump, though. They have no no shame. You know, and the saddest part is I know many of these evangelicals. And 
the funniest thing is I remember when I had done um, in 2015, when I had brought about 200 evangelical preachers to the Trump um, building on Fifth Avenue to meet with Donald. They laid hands on him and so I on. Remember, I Afterwards, as we were heading back upstairs to Trump's office, I remember him looking at me and saying to me word for word, and this is true, word for word, he said, can you believe that they actually buy this bullshit? I mean, he is not a religious man. I think everybody understands that. I mean, you know, anybody that will turn around and say to you, you know, two Corinthians, mm -hmm. it's not somebody that has gone to church ever more than more than once. Right. right? And so, look, I'm not even I'm not even Christian. I'm Jewish. Yeah, and I and know, you know the it's proper way, the proper way to, you know, to um, yeah. talk about a paragraph in it, you know, in, in the Bible. I mean, or the New Testament. It's it, Donald has no religious conviction. And it's why he doesn't care about anyone or anything. And I've often said that, and, and, and I think we talked about this on my Mea Culpa podcast, you and I, Tara. One Last of the things, one of the things about Donald and not having any religious conviction is it's difficult to have empathy. It's difficult to have um, compassion right. for another human because that's what religion teaches you. It's compassion and empathy for your fellow man. Since Donald Trump is devoid of that, he's devoid of religion. He's devoid of empathy and compassion for anyone. Yeah. And that's evident every single day. And I mean, I used to go to an evangelical church, a non-denominational church. I'm grateful that my home pastor back in New Jersey did not fall victim to this nonsense, but not to say that there weren't a bunch of other people in his congregation who did that I no longer have relationships with that I've known since I was 16 years old. Um, people were very close to me and who called me a blasphemer, said that I was walking outside of my calling. And it's it, I, I, because I spoke the truth about Donald Trump. It was very hurtful. It was one of the more hurtful um, relationships that I lost during this whole Trump thing and uh, among other friendships, but that, because you would think that the, that, that the convictions of the Bible, people who are, grew up as preachers and, you know, and, and part of the church would, would know better. Like it was so obvious, but no. And, and that to me is one of the scariest aspects of Donald Trump's rise to power is that the evangelical church has been so dedicated to him. Um, but I always say the devil's greatest weapon is deception. And I think that we are we are witnessing that right now. And the God made a dictator ad challenges everything that those folks say, um, trying to rationalize their support for him. So well, we're going to keep well, that up. Also, not forget that you know, again, I became very close with a multitude of the black evangelical uh, pastors and so on. And one who ended up rising and being there to give the benediction at the inauguration, and so was uh, a pastor, Mark Burns. Oh, what God. ultimately, God. right, what ultimately, uh, and I want for your, for your listeners, you know, to, to understand here is that pastor Mark Burns is as much a minister, a pastor as I am. <laughs> That's right. He did not go to no. the, uh, theological school. No. He did not, he did not do any of the things that he claimed that he's a self promoter. And the reason that they're doing it, the reason that they're backing Donald is because it's all part of the great grift. Correct. They're not doing it to spread the word of Jesus, to spread the gospel. Right. They're doing it in order to line their pockets because too many of them are legitimately the same 
grifter that Donald Trump is. Mm -hmm. They're all full of shit. And it's that's amazing. why he likes because they're the, he knows he how to manipulate them, and they're all in it together. It's I, all Burns, one big gigantic scam. Just something quick about Mark Burns for people who don't remember. You can Google it. Uh, my friend uh, Victor Blackwell over at CNN destroyed yep. Mark Burns. He interviewed him, and Mark Burns literally ran off the set. They were because well, he didn't Blackwell, run. Did you see? Well, he, 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 he didn't run. Yeah, yeah he, he he was figuratively. He was, figuratively is right yes he's he's a he's he's a, a portly dude but no he he left the walked off the set he was like a deer in headlights because victor challenged him on his resume and certain things that were all bullshit and he literally just like walked off the set and we didn't hear from him for a very long time until obviously trump came back and now he's emerged again because grifters will continue to grift um that's, speaking, that's what they do that's right grifters speaking of that grift. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you about uh, your thoughts since we're heading into New Hampshire. And then I want to talk about the E. Jean Carroll case and some other things. But this this whole thing with Nikki Haley and people thinking that she has a shot to beat Trump in New Hampshire, I think is just absolute fantasy. He's been going after her uh, pretty hard, called her bird brain, um, you know, and, and they, they put out a picture of her morphed with Hillary Clinton. I would think that that's like the death blow for Nikki Haley ever thinking she's going to have a shot at beating Donald Trump. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Look, you know, I'm blown away that Donald has any supporters. I, I mean, there's I le legitimately you. And I don't want people to think this is not Michael Cohen saying it. This isn't Tara Sedmayer saying it or Lincoln Project or anybody. These, if you want to know who Donald Trump is, ask him, mm -hmm. listen to what he's saying, and then you will know exactly who he is. And if you do listen to him and you hear what he's saying, how the hell can you possibly support him? It just doesn't make any sense unless you are part of that white supremacist, again, group that believes in divisiveness, racism, and so on. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you have, you have now what the reports are saying is white educated women are now supporting Donald Trump. And I call bullshit to all of this. I want to be very clear about it. And I want to use Iowa as the example mm. for a brief second. In Iowa, Donald Trump came in first. Great. 56,000 votes gave him first place. If I ran for Congress, which I'm thinking about doing here in Manhattan, in the 12th oh. district, which is Jerry Nadler's seat to oh. run against him. If I do, I need 150 plus thousand votes, three times that to win a seat, a district seat here in New York versus an Iowa caucus. Right, that's, the whole state. That's right. 50% of the Republican voters in Iowa did not vote for Donald Trump. They're looking for an alternative. They're looking for anyone else. There's 730,000 registered Republicans in Iowa. 102,000 people voted. One yeah. out of nine. Only 14%. One out of nine. One, yeah. I mean, think about it. There's 2.8 million voters in Iowa. 102,000 people which represents something like, you know, 
10, 14 yeah. percent of the Republican electorate. Republican electorate, yeah, that's so, right. You know, let me be clear that that doesn't bode well for him. Yeah, a win is a win is a win. That's great. But in a general election, Correct. when you have Republicans, 700,000 of them, 710,000 independents, he doesn't stand a chance. Now, well, let's just move on. Also, to let's hands. also let's hope that when the general election happens, that there it's not negative 40 degrees outside like it was in Iowa on Monday. Yes, I where Donald friends, told you, where right. Donald told you, if caucus for me, no matter what, and right. if you die of hypothermia, right, you know, <laughs> it's he it's said this, like, people, he said this, but we're not making this up. Yeah, you can't you can't make this stuff up. No, no. And then you now move to New Hampshire. Do I think Nikki Haley has a shot? Sure she does. There's no doubt. And especially because it's not, and this is where Donald once again is lying or he's misinformed. Pick and choose your poison. <laughs> it's not that anyone can vote in New Hampshire. It's Republicans can vote, certainly, but you have to be undeclared in right. order to vote. So if you're a registered Democrat, you're not voting in the New Hampshire primary. Let me be clear, but Donald doesn't understand it. Or if he does, he doesn't want he doesn't people want, to yeah, know because it doesn't go along with his lie, Correct. with the message that he's trying to give, that everything is rigged. So this now gives him the ability, when he, if and when he loses, to say it's rigged because right. Donald right. von shits and pants is always the victim. He is always the victim. <laughs> yes. And it's funny uh, that you say that because, you know, Ted Cruz came out and and you know, enthusiastically supported Trump. I think it was today or yesterday. And um, it reminded me of how Trump said even back in 2016 when Ted Cruz beat him in the Iowa caucus that that was rigged. And I kind of forgot about that a little bit. But he anytime he loses anything, it's rigged. It's never legitimate. So you're right about that. If he did by some miracle lose on Tuesday, he's absolutely going to say that it was rigged. Um, the other thing about Nikki Haley, I mean, we're not even talking about Ron DeSantis because DeSantis has abandoned his operations in New Hampshire because he's got like 2% uh, support there. New Hampshire's really not his thing. So he's investing everything now in South Carolina where he's also in single digits. DeSantis is pretty much done for. And we've been saying this for a while. That's why we're really not talking about DeSantis in any serious way. But there's been some talk today about Trump's VP, because we we, we believe that the primary is already over, right? Trump's going to win it all. It, it, I mean, all of this is kind of kabuki theater politically. And I mean, it's fun to, to try to predict things and maybe, maybe not. But the reality is Trump's got this thing wrapped up. And one of our favorite not people that we like to talk about all the time here is Elise Stefanik. Yeah. What do you think about this? This this idea that Elise Stefanik uh, uh, has a shot and that Trump is eyeing her because he called her a killer. And I know that that's a phrase that he uses for people that he respects, you know, for their prowess and things. So do you think he's really given her a shot? A look, I mean? Listen, there's no doubt that she's on the list of potential VPs. There's no doubt about it. She has been a fierce... Um, you know, supporter of Donald's. She has gone head to head with virtually everybody in Congress in mm -hmm. order to protect Donald, which <laughs> I once again, I just don't I get it. 
you know, know she, she's she's thrown away all semblance of credibility to do this. Like she used to be considered a moderate. She went to Harvard. She was supposed to be part of the the new crop of of Republicans that had some sense. And she threw that all away to become uh, Trump's sycophant. But go ahead. Look, you know, they're they're right now in a very strange place. I'm referring to the GOP. <laughs> yeah, thank they you. are, you know, there's really three different groups. The first group hates Donald. You're talking about like the Mitt Romneys of the world. They despise him. They will not vote for him. They will not endorse him no matter what. Then you have the larger group. And these fucking cowards, <laughs> which is what they are, yeah. cowards, refuse to stand up to him. Instead, like an ostrich, they're going to stick their head in the sand and they say, you know, uh, when, when when Donald pulls his, you know, when they pull their head out, hopefully, you know, if Donald's in, you know, they're not going to get, you know, um, they're not going to get beaten up by, right. you know, by MAGA and by the GOP and that they'll be... Because they're all about retaining their power. It's not about America. It's about them retaining their position and their power. And then, of course, you have the third group, right? The Matt Gates, the Josh Hawley's, the yep. Elise Stefanik's, the Marjorie Marjorie Toilet Green. Greens. Yeah. It's Marjorie Toilet Green. Yeah. Marjorie <laughs> Dirty Toilet Green. You know, you have the, the Nancy Mace. I mean, there's just too many of them to name off. These people are willing, Ted Cruz, these people are willing to sacrifice everything. Yeah. Their honor, their reputations, you know, everything in order to serve Donald Von Schitzenpants. <laughs> and it makes absolutely no sense at all. Yeah, you, you mentioned just, Nancy, you, you mentioned Nancy Mace in that list, who people a couple years ago would not have thought that she'd be on that list because no she way. was another one who was supposed to be uh, supposed to have some common sense. But do you know that she has a primary challenger right now? No, you know, who is that? Her former chief of staff no. who who resigned last month because he was so sick of what she was doing that he couldn't take it anymore. And now All he's right. primarying her in the uh, in in the election. So good for him. So, so I find this group, the third group, the sycophantic members of Congress, the most deplorable of them yeah. all. To coin a phrase from Hillary Clinton, She's they're the right. most reprehensible. She is right. The most reprehensible, and why? The second Donald von Schitzenpants came out, and he said that on day number one. He's going to rewrite the Constitution. My mm -hmm. friends, I want to be very clear about something here. First of all, there's no way in the world he could rewrite the Constitution because he's an idiot. <laughs> Second of all, they've taken away his crayons because of whatever the hell is going on in his hands. But I am really concerned when somebody who is potentially going to be the leader of one of our two political parties states on day number one that they intend to rewrite the Constitution and of the dictator. United States. It's It goes worse than that. That he intends to destroy America's tripartite system of government to eradicate the judiciary, to eradicate... Yeah. The let the um the, the checks uh, and balances that the, right that the founding fathers put and in to, so that we didn't correct. have a dictator. 
right. and to confer all power onto the executive branch. Yeah. In a nutshell, what he is saying to you is something that he also said on television that he wants to be the dictator, the monarch, the Fuhrer, right? The supreme leader. When you have the chief executive with all powers of government conferred to him and him alone, mm -hmm. that is called a king, a dictator, or the Fuhrer. That's just who it is. Yeah. This, I, is, not, this is not America. This is not right. a way to give to our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and the generations thereafter a better place, a better democracy, one that is more fair and inclusive to all people. It's not. No, and you know, you're there you're not the only one sounding the alarm, right? We're not the only ones sounding the alarms. Multiple historians who study this for a living are sounding the alarms. Say, like people who are normally not very animated about this, they're you know they're historians, so they're they're fact based, and they they you know they're like history professors. No, I've never. John Meacham, who's one of my favorites of all of this, he's brilliant, and I I anytime he opens his mouth, I stop and listen. John Meacham was on Ari Melber tonight, right before we came on air. Mm -hmm where he said that you know he has never in his in his entire academic career ever felt as though that the american experiment may no longer exist he said that if donald trump were to win again that this american experiment quote may damn well end coming from john meacham anyone who knows his temperament or is familiar with his work those are pretty extraordinary words and th that he's not, again, not the only one. We're hearing this from dozens upon dozens of historians. And I, I think that the American people have yet to wake up to this potential reality yet. We're still early in the year, but that's why we have to set the narrative now. That's why we have to make sure that, as you said earlier, that Trump and his campaign and his surrogates do not co-opt this message about democracy, about they're the ones that are protecting democracy and that, you know, the Democrats and Biden, Biden's a dictator. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Everything, everything they say is a projection. And so, you know, you look at this and you go... We have to do everything we can. And I mean, you know, we're doing our part. And the people who watch this show, not the haters and the trolls, but uh, the others who watch us and who support us and support you guys, we have to continue to spread that because there are more of us than there are of them. I've always said that. I've always said that. And I firmly believe that as long as we're all engaged and we, we don't want to scare everybody all the time, but sometimes you have to because well, this is the reality. Important. Yeah. So it's really important. And if, what I'm saying is terrifying to you. It should be. Yes. And I say it with the conviction that I do, not because I'm trying to be hyperbolic or looking for, as Donald would say, ratings. Yeah. I am the first political prisoner held by this country because I refuse to waive my First Amendment constitutional rights. What Donald Trump is saying that he is going to do, retribution. He's going to retain SEAL Team 6 to <laughs> execute people. He's going to start throwing people into Guantanamo Bay. He's going to go after all of you know his critics and so yep. on. Yep. Again, don't listen to Michael Cohen. Don't listen to Tara Setmeyer. Listen to Donald's own words. 
And I know he's going to do it because he's already done it. Yeah. Donald Trump, as in my book, Revenge, how Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. Donald Trump, with a willing and complicit Attorney General Bill Barr, <laughs> unconstitutionally remanded me back to prison for another 16 days of solitary confinement, 23 and a half plus hours a day, locked up by yourself in dilapidated uh, you know, cells because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right and not publish my first book, Disloyal. That's right. A lot of people okay. don't realize that, that that happened to you, you know, and you're And your I want to make sure, Tara, crazy. I want to make sure that what happened to me, it's why I brought that lawsuit, Michael yeah. Cohen versus the United States, Trump, Barr, et cetera. I want to make sure that what they did to me never, ever, ever happens to you, happens to Rick, happens to any other American ever because it's anti-democratic, it's anti-constitution, and it's anti-American. And I am going to continue to fight. I am going to continue to yell from the rooftops. I will, I will speak with anyone who truly wants to listen. This happened to me. Yeah. I am, again, the first political prisoner held in this country because I wouldn't waive my First Amendment constitutional right. That's not that's not normal. That's Putin-esque. Yeah. That's what's going on with Navalny. That's true. And Donald Trump admires these guys. He admires Putin and, and Xi and uh, Kim Jong-un because they can do that to their enemies. And the fact that he admires them, I remember back when uh, people used to say that, oh, you know, look at who likes Barack Obama, you know, the, the company he keeps, he's a socialist Marxist. And it's like, this is this was like a figment of their imaginations compared to what Trump has shown us and says and continues to do in his affinity for these people and their murderous dictators. I don't understand how how people don't get that, especially the Republican Party. when We're supposed to be the party of Reagan and the shining city on a hill that promotes democracy around the world. We're the example. But Donald Trump is your guy. It's 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 crazy. And just, to, you know, to back up what you said about how Trump weaponized the, the DOJ, at the end of 2020, Bill Barr and Mark Meadows were talking about like it, they, like Bill Barr was approached by Trump's people, Meadows and them, to try to go after the Lincoln Project. There, we, we how do we know? It's in Mike Pence's book. Yeah, they wanted to go after you know figure out a way to get them. Like they would have if he had been reelected. They would have come for us, and if he gets elected again. They'll definitely come for us. Jamar, because he's uh, already and, done it once before. Right. And Rick and I joke all the time. It. We joke right. all the it's, time that we'll be uh, we'll be it. the first on the on the barge to Guantanamo. Think you know? of I mean, it. Mike That's Pence right. blamed think us for January 6th. <laughs> right. Well, think of it no different as a football player or a uh, right a, a coach. You run a play, play's not going right, so you make some tweaks. That's right. That's what Donald Trump is going to do. But you know, I just also want to say that you know, there was a comment that you know, was posted by one of your followers. Well, Michael Cohen lied to Congress. When somebody says something like that, I think it was a person lie young or something like that. I don't know. Person, I can't see those comments, but go ahead. When a person turns around and says that, I know that they are one of two things, either completely misinformed or they're just plain stupid. And there's no in between. And I say that because you clearly then don't know 
what the lie even was. Yeah, you so should I remind people how stupid it was. It was very silly. The lie, which was my statement to the Senate Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, was the number of times that I said I spoke to Donald Trump about the failed Trump Tower Moscow real estate project. I stated mm -hmm. three because that's what Donald wanted. It was on message. And that that statement that I made was crafted not just by me. It was by Ivanka and Jared and by Jay Sekulow, by Alan Garten, by um, Ty Cobb, by um, Abby Lowell. There was a multitude of people that were representing others in that specific matter. So I said it, three, but the real answer was 10. And that's the lie to Congress. The number right. of times, three versus 10, when it didn't matter anyway. Right. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing. So when people go ahead and they want to attack me on that, I hope that these are the type of attacks that, <laughs> that Alina Habababababa turns around and tries to discredit me when I testify at the upcoming March 25th District of, uh, of uh, Attorney of New York, uh, the hush money case, so to speak. I hope that that's what they're going to try to impugn my credibility and to attack me on because it'll just continue to make yeah. them look stupid. Well, anybody, anybody that keeps promoting this level of stupidity really doesn't understand the damage that they are causing to this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I say there has to be more of us than them because a lot of times those people vote. They're, they're, they're motivated to vote for Trump. And so yeah. we have to make sure we're motivated to vote for the right people uh, that aren't dictator adjacent. Um, speaking of, of court cases, the Trump was back in court this week with the E. Jean Carroll case, the second defamation case now with her because he's already been deemed a rapist, according to the last case, uh, according to the law in New York, and mm -hmm. was awarded, E. Jean Carroll was awarded $5 million. But he can't help himself, so he kept defaming her. So her crack legal team, they are kick-ass, by the way. If I'm ever in trouble, yep, that's, who I'll call. that's who I'm calling. Um, they, they sued him again because he couldn't stop. And now she's asking for $10 million and they're not relitigating the merits of the case. This is for damages, punitive damages, damages uh, you know, for her comp compensatory damages for the, the emotional distress and the loss of reputation. And Trump is not, he doesn't have to be in court. He's voluntarily going because he uses this as a campaign tool. And Alina Haba has made an ass of herself throughout this, throughout this again. trial. Right. Again. again, because she was like a parking garage attorney before this. And isn't she the same person that said she'd rather be pr uh, pretty than smart? Yeah, I mean, well, she, good God. Well, she's proved that she's that's, right. at least that's at least that's one statement that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think she's had some work done in order to enhance that. But she, that's OK. That's whatever. Right. I'm, I'm all uh, for that. She, yeah, she, well, she is what she is. Yeah, she's, well. she's attractive. <laughs> and that's why Trump has her. Um, 100%. But, but she's not but she's not doing him any favors in the in, in a court of law. And she was admonished by the judge multiple times. And Trump yesterday was so out of control in the courtroom during E. Jean Carroll's testimony and the just begging, he was just begging for the judge to throw him out. And the sure. judge recognized that the judge was not going to play that game. And they, they, they put a statement out. There are a lot of people in the courtroom because he was, you know, flailing, flailing his arms. And when he said, you know, I know you want me to throw you out, but I'm not going to. And he was like, I would love that. 
Of course, then he could campaign off of it back to being the the victim, as as you say. But when the E. Jean Carroll case uh, first began to be uh, litigated, we put out a video called Abuser to remind people of what a sexist, abusive pig Donald Trump is when it comes to women. Check it out. Every woman knows the terror of sexual abuse and assault. Too many of us know the pain firsthand. Some attack us mentally. Some go beyond that. For too many, it's physical. Even fatal. There's no excuse for sexual assault and abuse. Unless... Your Republican, as I can, Donald Trump. But she is not my type. Supporting Donald Trump sends a message to every abuser. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Every rapist. Grab him by the pussy. And every man who's ever used his power to hurt a woman. Because if he can do it, why shouldn't they? By the way, another incredible ad by Lincoln Project. These ads need to be like a living document. <laughs> so that ad needs to right now be retweeted by everybody, reposted on threads by everybody. It needs to be shown. You know, look, it's great that you know, it's being put on the airwaves. But remember, if it's in the airwaves in Palm Beach, Mm -hmm. How many people are going to actually get a chance to see it? 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, just off of our combined X accounts, formerly Twitter or threads. Right. There's millions there. And yes. you will see, more people will see it. But what you need to do is to repost it and ask everybody to repost it so that people know exactly who he is. Yes. Anyone that thinks that that sexual assault is acceptable, that they think that this is what the leader of the free world should be about, stop it. Right, or stop those it. college, Remember, those you college all have mothers. You right, all those, have yeah, those college-educated white women who are going back to Trump and who voted for him the first two times, uh, you know, in 2016, and many voted again for him in 2020, this is who the guy is. They, I mean, cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug. Between that and the, their position on abortion and women's reproductive rights and taking those rights away from women, I, I, it's, the fact it's that my, The fact, Kara, that my daughter has less rights than my grandmother. Yeah. And we're not That's all right. scratching our head and saying there's something wrong with that. These type of ads that Lincoln Project puts out, like I've said before, Excellent. Right. There's no, there are none. There oh. are none that are better. And they All need right. to constantly be reposted so that we finally get it through the heads of these people. Now, you brought something up that I just wanted to touch on, and that's yeah. the educated white women. They, yes. I'm, I'm not buying any of that bullshit, to be well, honest. With you. I mean, I'm it really depends not. on where it depends on where. But Correct. Yeah. OK, I'll, I'll give you that. But these people are willing to forget or push to the side that type of an ad simply because they want to retain 
white privilege. It's all about the divisiveness that's yeah. going on in this country. There's when Donald Trump makes a statement that he could have ended the civil war in 24 hours. By the way, listen to what Donald says all the time. He could end everything. He's going right. to end the Ukraine-Russia war in 24 hours, yeah. Israel-Hamas. He's going right. to get rid of the uh, the uh, the migrants. Everything is in 24 yeah, hours. 24 hours. <laughs> but when he said, when he said that he could have ended or negotiated the civil war in 24 hours, we all know exactly what he's talking about here. What he's referring to is just permitting slavery yes. to continue. That's what he's saying. So the fact that the fact that there are people who are supporting him, much of it is predicated on white privilege. Unfortunately, they yes. They get over the fact that we had a black president. They cannot yeah. get over the fact that we have a black vice president. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, we were just talking about this the other day that people need to ask Chris Lasavita, Trump's campaign manager, uh, ask Trump about that. Well, what would you have negotiated? Which, you know, which side, which side would you have negotiated for? Like, uh, put the nail him on this because the average American would think that's absolutely absurd and insane. But most people don't know that he even said this. They don't know because they're not paying attention, but we're we're trying our best to make them pay attention. And I just want to give credit to uh, our own Michelle Kinney, who also runs our show behind the scenes. She voiced over that that ad, and that was a very difficult ad for for anyone to do. But um, she she nailed it as she always does. So shout out to Michelle for that. She she's a woman of many talents. Um, you know this 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 whole idea of of Trump and absolutely being reelected. It, it just drives me crazy, and I I don't want to end on a on a sour note. I just want to I I, I want to get to something a little goofy. You and I talked about this the other day, and there's this picture going around of Trump's hands and the the sores on his hands. And at first, you thought that possibly it was doctored, but it it, it hasn't been. It's Getty. It's a Getty photographer, professional photographer. It's real. Um, James, Mom's always told you. Mom's always told you. You know. Yeah. Keep your hands out of your pants. Well, James Carville. Masturbation is the bitch. <laughs> James Carville <laughs> has his own theory, too. I want to show you this video. You guys haven't seen it. Yeah, if you great. zoom in and there's hair on it, it's oh, definitely God. <laughs> Michael, watch what Carville had to say. Check it out. Oh. If you go to the Drudge Report, and I think it'll still be up, the, the, the story that talks about Trump having hand cuts, and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores. And the answer is immediate and unanimous. Secondary syphilis. All right. I think that, I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. And I'm not being particularly secretive about it. I am texting the photo. You can link to it. It's in some operation called the Daily Mail. It's some British thing. It's probably a... Fleet Street rag, but you know, maybe the picture was doctored or whatever. But I maybe the story goes somewhere, maybe it won't. But I'm telling you, at one o'clock Eastern, I'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture. <laughs> it's confirmed it was not doctored. There is nobody better than go. James Carville. 
Carville is his own special, his own special way of communicating. Our team was crying. They were laughing so hard at this. Um, I mean, it's silly, it's stupid, but it just, it go, it just, it's more of the conversation, the fact that the that a presidential candidate and the clap are in the same conversation as a possibility. It's just, it's too much. It's too, it's too much. But Michael, you've been around Trump, and I don't know, he doesn't, he doesn't look well. You know, we've we've run a couple ads at one called Feeble, where we point this out because they have some nerve to talk about Joe Biden ever, who, by, by the way, is very svelte and fit for his age. And he's all there. Trust me. Um, and looks fantastic in his tailor made suits, unlike Trump, who's a slob and um, looks like he got his suits off the rack. I don't I'll never understand it. But he stumbled into the hotel in Iowa. You know, he's been slurring his words. He's been paint packing the the orange paint on his face a little bit more. You got the hand source thing. Like what's going on? Have you noticed anything, Michael, well, or is this just him? No, no. He, he's aged. Yeah. All of this litigation that is, um, been, that has been thrown at him, all of the four indictments, the 91 criminal counts, the mm -hmm. uh, litigation, the, the two time aging Carroll litigation, it has really gotten to him. All right. Make no bones about it. It's it looks really like taking it. a toll. Now, Good. you know, I, I do want to just correct something. Uh, Donald's suits are not cheap. Just to be very clear, all of his suits are actually, which is crazy. What is it? He got a tailor. All, it's not that a tailor. They're custom made from Brioni. They are really? enormously, yes, they are. They're enormously expensive suits. Why they look so big on him is well because he's on Ozempic, right? Oh. And he's and he's losing weight. And I think this could be some sort of a side effect, maybe from uh, an Ozempic or one of these other uh, medications that he may be taking. Good point. Um, you know, for it. But I said I said to the press after I testified before the New York Attorney General, and Donald came in in order to snarl at me and to sit across me. I hadn't seen him at that point in time in five years. Yeah. And he was, he was, he was doing the same thing that he was doing with Alina Haba. He's, he's, yeah. he's taught in the E. Jean Carroll case, he's talking, he's moving his hands, he's waving, he's this, he's that. And, you know, Judge Ngoron is a much more patient judge than Judge Kaplan. And so he was not only patient with Donald and his antics, but also with Alina Haba and her ability to introduce um, documents into evidence. I want to be clear about this. This is a real problem. When I saw Donald, as I said, he didn't just look defeated. He looked deflated. Mm. He does not look healthy at all. In fact, only days later, when he was at some rally at a uh, gymnasium, he was holding hands with one of the um, Secret Service agents. He was up on the stage. If you can find that, oh, he was wow. holding the hand as he was walking, and he was almost on a tilt. It's like the ramp, like yeah. the ramp video that we showed from West Point that year that drove him nuts. By the way, no, but no. This one is he's walking on the stage and he's got his hand down, and the agent has his hand up in the air, holding him, almost balancing him. Wow. There's something definitely going on. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And 
And he's what, got the nerve. He's got some nerve to talk about other people's looks or you know how they present when he's such a slob and doesn't present well ever. He's look. He's such a caricature. Like a story came out tonight. Um, a, a little bit of a, a nugget from Peter Baker, who's a great writer, excellent mm -hmm. books. He said that that back when um, they were looking at replacing T Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State, that Nikki Haley was really being pushed by Jared and Ivanka and others, and that he said that he didn't want to see Nikki Haley in his office all the time because she had bad skin. Yeah. Like, I, I think mean, she look, marks on her on her cheeks because of, because of... Is he serious? Has he looked no, at he's himself? Dead, he's, dead, he's dead serious. Donald Trump is a visual individual. Um, he always, always goes... To looks um it's just it's just it's he's a shallow human being yeah it's irrelevant the fact that she's she knows more about the world than he <laughs> right. does by right. a multiple right she was just fact, UN ambassador would have been a calming factor for him but yep. that's not what he was looking for yeah he was worried about he her, com her, another com her complexion her complexion issue Right. He wanted another Hope Hicks uh, yeah. there as he's walking. He a wanted another, right, Alina Haba as he's walking. Right. That, that's what he, he thinks that, you know, he's still on the set of The Apprentice coming out with all of the, the girls from the helicopter in the opening scene. He doesn't understand that, that you don't run a government based upon somebody's looks. Yeah. Well, and, right. and you run it based upon their competency and their qualifications. Well, in the United States of Trumpistan, those are the qualifications right. apparently. Well, we're going to make sure that America does not become the United States of Trumpistan. Uh and we're going to keep con continue this fight. Cuz I don't want to live in uh in you know New um Shitsonville. <laughs> Correct. Me. On Shitsonville. Right. <laughs> Me either, Michael Cohen. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your continued uh, diligence on all of this. Best of luck to you in your your battles here with trying to make things right with what happened to you, as well. We'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that, and you know you're welcome back anytime. I appreciate it. And again, just in, in, in to close, I don't want to do it because it's about me. I've already done my time there. The easiest thing would have been for me to say nothing, get the pardon from Trump, go work for Fox or something like that. This is American democracy on the line. So please, everyone, make sure that you are registered to vote. Make sure that your family, your friends, your colleagues, everyone is. And make sure that if you have a way to get to the poll, make sure that you take people with you. Because yes. we desperately need a blue wave. There's no doubt about that. Amen, my friend. I will see you soon. Thank you, my love. All right. That is it for us this week. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you so much for supporting our work here at The Lincoln Project and for allowing us to get ads like God Made a Dictator out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you, guys. Keep that support coming. And we will have another primary show for you on Tuesday. Um, Countdown 2024 with The Lincoln Project, 9 p.m. on Tuesday. We'll be breaking down the New Hampshire primary. And then, of course, Rick and I will be back together next Thursday because the breakdown is weekly. Again, we are on every Thursday throughout 2024. We appreciate you guys. We're going to leave you with last week in the Republican Party, and we'll see you next week. That's a lot of cold weather. We got, we've got a lot of meetings tonight. We're doing well. We have a lot of tremendous support.
being indicted for you um my first thought went to well jesus christ died for my sins we will pray for god and we will be with god under president trump there were only two genders attention boeing executives dei must die not passengers on your planes reading congratulations you're able to read the name of the resolution i don't vote on the names Ooh, congressman i don't think you want to i don't think you're trying to question my intelligence now are you about four months before the escalade ride down with our great first lady no i'm just saying you don't have time to prepare for this like i did do you mean the two pages that i read in two minutes this morning and highlighted the (laughs) resolve that the house of representatives the dark brandon memes don't slap Oh. Good for you. You took two minutes. Second thing, excuse me. Hold on. Excuse me. I'm doing this. It's a shame that we had to put up DeSantisLies.com, honestly. Second thing is, I know, but you're interrupting and you're being rude. Everyone else is listening and you're butting in. I don't care. I know you have an agenda. I know you have an agenda. Put you're our so own desperate. people first. We you're have just to put so governor, governor. You know, I watched him last night. He's standing up with his shoes, his fancy shoes. We have a capital that we all love right now it's a rat infested graffiti infested shithole real estate is an art not a science who's running the show is it obama the second coming of adolf hitler joseph stalin and mao zedong combined is barack obama now, you know you have id for everything right you go to the grocery store you have id a lot of pizza <laughs> They're trying to get a man in office that can't put two sentences together, and they're doing that. 